This is Doing Daily. I'm your host, Jonathan Stark, and today I'm joined by daily emailer Jonathan Hall. Check it out. Jonathan Hall, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. So for folks who are just hearing your name for the first time, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Uh, so my name is Jonathan Hall. I am the tiny DevOps guy. <laughs> I help small companies, 20 engineers or fewer generally, improve their software delivery. And you have a daily list, correct? Correct. And who's the intended audience for your daily list? I have two primary audiences. Um, probably the, the main one is practitioners, DevOps practitioners, so that software developers, um, uh, uh, operations engineers, people who who build and deploy CI/CD pipelines. They manage Kubernetes. Um, they do alerting and monitoring, things like that. Um, and then my secondary audience would be people who manage those types of people. So maybe a VP of engineering, a CTO, um, something like that. And if I joined your list, what what's the promise to me? Like, what could I expect in my inbox every day? Yeah, my goal with my list is every day to provide some sort of tip, tip trick, um, or maybe a new way of thinking about your software delivery. So it, sometimes it's a tangible, here's do this one thing. Sometimes it's more of a thought exercise. Um, here's a new way to think about something that could affect your software delivery. Mm, cool. Great. So, all right, with that context set, let's jump back to the beginning. When did you start doing daily email? I think it was February last year. So just about a year and a half ago. And why did you do that? Uh, the main reason was to start building some credibility, build an audience. Um, since then, I've also recognized, and it, it's become a, a reason I keep doing it, uh, it really helps me sort of uh, frame the things I want to talk to my clients about. Uh, so if I have a new idea or a new way of, of improving software delivery, um, I can sort of bounce it off my list or I can start, start uh, massaging the idea in public that way and get feedback. Did you have any concerns or nerves or worries about starting it, committing to that much output? I think the biggest concern I had going in was how much time it might take and whether I would have enough ideas to write about. Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't nervous like, oh my gosh, I, I get the jitters. It wasn't like that. It was. It, but but, yeah, maybe, okay. maybe I was concerned. Maybe I won't have enough to say. Got it. Okay. And did you have a list before that? Some people have like a weekly or a sporadic email list before it was that. Very sporadic. I had a. I had a. I have had. I have had a blog for years. It's been very ad hoc and sporadic. And I probably a year before I switched to daily set up uh, so that my blog. Whenever I wrote a blog post, it would go to my list. But I think I had five people on the list before that. So <laughs> technically, I had one, but n not to talk about really. Okay, so you you basically launched to you know with five people, basically no one. Yeah. yeah. And did how long did it take you to get to say you know where you are now, or, or did, when did you notice that it started to pick up? Did you, any, any? Yeah, I mean, it, kind of it, process. Yeah, it picked up pretty quickly. I mean, I, I started. Um, one of the things I did right away, maybe not from day one, but within a couple of weeks, is I started posting to LinkedIn and Twitter uh, anything I I posted to my daily list, and I have found that LinkedIn in particular has. Uh, fed my subscriber count. So, I mean, I, I don't know how quickly I went to say 100 subscribers. I do know I just passed 300 today. Yesterday I was 297. Today I'm at 304. So, I've just passed the 300 mark. It took me 18 months to get there. Mm -hmm. um, but LinkedIn is probably where I've gotten the majority of those subscribers. Uh, I've also cross posted to Dev.2. 
Um, and I post new guest posts on D Zone and a few other places that that lead to subscribers. But I would probably guess that eighty percent came from LinkedIn. Got it. Okay, so let's get into process a little bit. The the mechanics of how you produce the messages. So mm -hmm. first, do you write every day and publish it that day, or do you write every day and not publish it every day? You know, schedule it way out. How do, what's the what is the sort of idea or the the message creation and publication process look like for you? Yeah. So usually I write every day, um, but I definitely can batch it up. Uh, and I, I like to, because it feels, I, I feel like a, I have less pressure on me on a daily basis. If I have two or three sort of in the bag then I can just write at my leisure. But when I get busy, that's not usually what happens. So lately, for example, I've been writing every day. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I, we can talk about the mechanics of that. I write into, I use Hugo to host my site. Uh, so I write to my blog website, which creates an RSS feed, which feeds to my list, my ma mailing list. Um, so I'm, I'm writing into the Hugo website in markdown format. Um, and usually I spend about 20, 30 minutes every day writing, sometimes less, sometimes more. Um, okay. And yeah, then, I, I can go into details as you like. Yeah. I'm curious mostly about like how, um, if there's a pattern in terms of like how many you like to have is it is it usually you have two or two or three scheduled to publish so like if you don't do anything they'll go out or is it more like you mm -hmm. have um you have like a big folder of of completed emails and like if you right. a day comes and you're really busy you're like oh, i'm just gonna grab one of these and then and then publish it Got to, it. The, to yeah. the website so uh, I have a I have a sort of a bag of ideas, but they aren't written yet. Um, so most days, the the last three or four weeks, I've been every weekday writing, and then on the weekends, I do those ahead of time, just because Saturday and Sunday get busy with family. Mm -hmm. So um, like on a Friday evening, for example, I'll write the Saturday and Sunday's posts. I publish them to the website, but they aren't actually made public until the day they're scheduled for. Yeah. Uh, so that's all handled automatic handled automatically. Got it. Um, if I'm going on holiday or something, I might batch up a week's worth. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you, you just mentioned writing Friday evening. What, is there a time of day that you usually write or is it just sort of you, you fit it in where you can? Where I can. I used to try to do it first thing in the morning. Um, I have a client I'm working with lately that's taking a lot of time. So that's kind of been taking my mental energy in the morning. So I've been doing it more in the afternoons lately. Um, but usually I try to do it first thing in the morning. And is there a particular place that you write, like at your desk in your office or at the kitchen table or anything like that? Usually the desk in my office, uh, sometimes from the sofa on my laptop. Mm -hmm. Some okay. Occasionally if I'm traveling or, or whatever, sometimes from a Starbucks or whatever else. Does, does it, does it, I guess a better question would be, does it matter to you? Like, do you have a ritual? It doesn't sound like you have a ritual. It's just kind no. of like, yeah, whatever. I, I think I'm pretty good at, if I have a screen in front of me, I can zone everything out, whether I'm sitting on a train at Starbucks uh, whatever. As long as there's no cats or children jumping on me, I can I can usually get it written. <laughs> right. Okay. So, what kind of just to get super specific, what is there? An, I I know you said you write to Hugo, which I guess is a static site generator, and yeah. you use Markdown format. Do you use like a text? Like, what do you use to actually write? You're on your laptop. Are oh, you yeah. writing into Sublime or VS I'm Code? I'm using or? VS Code usually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Same yes. editor I use for my coding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, all right. So uh, what, I don't, I don't think you mentioned yet, what platform actually sends the message? Like what, what platform yeah. is listening for the RSS feed to be up? Uh, I'm using drip for that. Got it. Okay. And what do you like or not like about your current 
sort of publish publishing stack? I would. There's really only two things I wish I could change. Um, one is Drip doesn't have the option to send a scheduled email according to the recipient's time zone. Mm. Uh, I can do that if I schedule each one manually, but I can't do that on a recurring daily basis, which annoys me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have to choose a time zone or a time that I think is good for most of my readers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one minor a nu- nuisance. The other thing I really would like to change, and, and I may invest effort into doing this myself, is I wish I could compose an email from my mobile phone easily and do the full thing, compose it and send it from my mobile phone rather than using a laptop. And because of the way I use Hugo with GitLab, uh, so I'm basically making Git commits to p- publish, mm-hmm. that's just not practical from a phone. So I may switch to a headless CMS at some point that would probably make that more easier, but it hasn't been a big enough of a nuisance to invest the time yet. Gotcha. Um, okay, so I guess that means that the messages go out at the same time every day, your time. When I write them in, in, ahead of time, yes. If, if I don't write until that day, sometimes it's after the scheduled publish time, and then I manually publish. Mm-hmm. Do you notice any any meaningful difference, or you know, in terms of like in terms of of, of response? I've never noticed a difference. No, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I so I'm, I'm based in Europe, so my my scheduled time is 11 a.m. European time, which mm-hmm. is I don't know exactly what that is. It's like I think it's six Eastern, really, six yeah, Eastern. really early for Americans. Um, Maybe if I publish later in the afternoon, I get a little bit more of a boost on social media when I post. Uh, as I said, I also automatically post to LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think there might be a small boost there. But as far as email response, I've never noticed any difference. Okay. And what are you using to automatically post to LinkedIn? I use uh, Zapier. Got it. Yeah, it reads my RSS feed. Actually, it reads a, a customized version of my RSS feed because the, the formatting I use between Drip and LinkedIn is slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a, a detail most people probably don't care about. Oh, that's but actually I just, really it, interesting. Uh, okay, okay. What do you, is there some, fil- like, how are you transforming it in Zapier? Or, oh, you've got two different RSS feeds. I have two two feeds. I mean, they're basically the same content. But for LinkedIn, for example, I want to use certain tags that don't make sense to use on Twitter or in my email. So I, I have a, a separate LinkedIn description field in my, uh, in my markdown file that I can customize to LinkedIn. Or I can tag users in that way, uh, specific uh, LinkedIn users uh, or businesses or whatever, if if I want to. Oh, so that, that's the main thing I use it for is the that little summary that shows up when you tweet or when you go to LinkedIn or Facebook. I can customize that for each platform that way. Cool. Um, all right. So have you ever? So you said you've been doing this. You've been doing this since February last year. Have you missed a day? And if you have, do you do you do anything? You're like, oh, sorry, I missed yesterday, or do you just yeah. just plow ahead? I have missed one day. <laughs> I, I, actually, I wrote that day. But I don't remember what the, the glitch was, but it didn't get published. Mm. And I didn't notice until the next day. So I just did nothing about it. I just rescheduled that for the following day. And right. nobody complained. Um, I feel bad because I otherwise have a perfect streak, but mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> I know, it burns. Uh, cool. All right. So, and you mentioned that when you, if you were going to go on vacation or when you have gone on vacation, you'd batch up Typically, enough messages yeah. to go out. Yeah. I don't always batch up the whole holiday. If I'm if I'm going to be gone for two weeks, maybe I batch up one week's worth. So my, my goal isn't necessarily that I don't write while I'm on holiday, but that I don't have to write on a schedule that I can enjoy my holiday time. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, so let's pivot a little bit in and get into the content itself. So how do you come up with enough stuff to write about every day? 
So when I started out, uh, actually, I think this was your advice because I was talking to you when I was getting started. I wrote third a, a list of 30 ideas that I could sort of just rattle off if I were to t bump into a stranger who asked me about it. Uh, so that's how I got started. And I keep that list um, updated. Every time I, I write a topic from that list, I mark it off and I add something new to it. Um, that list grows a lot faster than, than there are days in the year. So it, you know it's, it's probably about 50 or 60 or 100 ideas by now. I don't know. Um, but I come up with ideas through all sorts of channels. I mean, a really easy one is just social media. Um, if you follow any tags or people that are re relevant to your topic, I find it's easy to find someone talking about software delivery. They're talking about continuous deployment or Kubernetes or whatever the buzzwords are. They talk about something. Someone says something interesting. Like, oh, that's a cool thing. I can, I can turn that into a daily topic. Um, I get a lot of ideas when I read books. Uh, so I, I read a book on, and it doesn't even have to be a book specifically on software delivery. It could be a book about uh, marketing or something else. And I'm like, oh, there's really good ideas here about how to apply the empirical method or or whatever that might be relevant. So whenever I'm reading, I, I find many, many ideas that go to my list. They go to my, my topics list. Um, nice. And yeah, watching videos, even occasionally a movie, something pops into my mind. Um, I, I guess I, I get ideas from all over the place now. Now that I'm doing it daily, it sort of just comes naturally. I, I see ideas all the time. Yeah, it's like magic. So so you've got a, ideas aren't a problem. You've got more than you can ever write about. But ever, whenever you sit down to write, do you ever get like writer's block or you feel like, uh, yes. <laughs> what do you do about that? <laughs> that does that? happen. Um, and it's, it is always frustrating because I'm like, yesterday I had six great ideas. What happened to them? Um, so I pull up my list then, and then I, I pull some, uh, you know, the, the list of, of topics that I have, uh, and I, I start with that. Or if, if nothing inspires me that moment, I'll browse LinkedIn or Twitter for 20 minutes until I see something that I'm like, oh, I can, I can re reword that or I can re repurpose that thing. Mm. And how long? Are that, these that's lessons? my last, my, that's like my, my last resort is, is browsing social media for an idea. Yeah. Danger zone. <laughs> Lose 45 minutes doing nothing. <laughs> so, okay. So. You, I think you mentioned earlier, you mentioned earlier that you maybe, I think you said maybe 15 minutes or 30 minutes to write an email. Is that right? Worst case. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say worst case. I've, I've spent longer than that sometimes, mm -hmm. but usually it's about, it's probably about 20 minutes. Uh, and I do spend more time than I would have to, because I like to put an image on each one that mm -hmm. uh, is shared on social media. Yep. Um, so you know, about half the time sometimes is, is browsing free stock image sites for an image. Okay. Um, uh, which uh, you know, I strictly wouldn't have to do, but I, I do feel like it helps with the LinkedIn engagement, which, as I mentioned earlier, has has been a good source of subscribers for me. Mm, okay. So, how long are the message messages on average, like in terms? I of would word count? say a hundred to three hundred words on average. Mm -hmm. If I get much over that, I usually break it into multiple emails. Or if it's something that I really feel belongs in a single post, I'll make a long form blog post. And then I write a, a, a short summary that goes to my email list that that links to the long post. Interesting. How, how often would you say that happens? Oh, probably every month on average. Mm -hmm. Sometimes yeah. I have three in a month. Sometimes I go three months without one. Got it. Okay. And in the emails, do you promote your own paid offerings? How often do you do that? How do you do I have it? a tagline that's automatically added to every outgoing message that uh, says you can borrow my brain, uh, and it gives a link to the to my paid consulting call. Mm -hmm. um, beyond that, I do when the topic is relevant, I'll mention something like a, one of my one of my best lead magnets is a 
about, uh, uh, I call it lean CD. It's a way to do continuous deployment um, that, I, that I advocate. And b because my posts go to LinkedIn, it, it seems reasonable to to mention that sometimes there. And I get a lot of signups from that. So, so many of my signups come by mentioning in my daily email, if you haven't already seen my free course about Lean CD, here's the link. Mm -hmm. And then I do get some subscribers who, who maybe subscribe through another means that they, they then go through the course. Mm -hmm. But most often, somebody shares it on, lo on, on social media or, or my own sharing on social media, somebody reads that and then they subscribe through that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then in terms of paid stuff, that's free. In terms of paid stuff, there's just the one link to a coaching call. In every yeah, I mean, I have a few other paid things too, but they uh, they don't generally get mentioned in my uh, my mailing list. And, and and I think part of that's just like, I, I don't want to be too pushy. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the stuff that I, I sell would be mostly interesting to people who already know me. Um, so I, you know, pushing a, a $10,000 or Euro sale in an email seems a little bit um, hard sell to me. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, a, a 500 euro call or whatever, or a free email course seems a lot easier to, to, to mention uh, in an email. I, I guess that's my feeling. I might be wrong about that, but that's how I feel. Got it. Do you ever, ever sell other people's stuff like link to somebody else's book, mm. let's say with an affiliate link or any kind of ads or sponsorships? No, uh, I do link to books. Um, but but I do not, well, I, I guess I do, whenever I link to something on Amazon, I use my Amazon uh, associate ID or whatever. So I get 15 cents or something, but I've otherwise never used, uh, do, do promotions for other people. If it's something, I mean, and I have this on my website, I, I don't do sponsorships on my email list or my podcast. However, if you have something that's of, of legitimate value to my uh, customers or to, to my clients, I'll, I'll consider having you on as a guest on my podcast and we'll just talk about the thing. But I, I don't do paid sponsorships just as a matter of policy. I don't want to have that sort of feel about my, my mailing list or my podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Let's shift gears and talk about engagement for a second. So uh, how often do you look at your open rates or other analytics? I used to all the time. I think that's normal when you're starting out. It's exciting. Oh, I got, I went from 12 subscribers to 13 today. Yay. Um, <laughs> now, uh, rarely. I mean, uh, so I guess the real answer is every time I manually uh, publish something because I didn't hit my 11 o'clock deadline, I accidentally look at those statistics because they're right up there on the dashboard in Drip. Mm -hmm. But I don't intentionally go looking for them except rarely once a month or something like that, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not a it's not a daily thing. In fact, it's, it's common that I'll, I'll go a week or two and then go, oh, wow, I got another 20 subscribers. I forgot. I didn't realize that happened or something like that. <laughs> nice. Okay, so I think you said you have about 300 subscribers at the moment. Yeah. Um, how often do you get replies in a week? Like on an average week, how many replies do you get? Uh, I, I probably get two or three a month, so it's, it's pretty low. Mm. Um, however, I do, as I mentioned earlier, I do get reasonably good engagement on LinkedIn. So that, that's where people respond to the post on LinkedIn rather than responding to the email. Oh, interesting. Um, so... Okay, I don't and know how, how you count that? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, it's it's interesting. How much do you engage with those sorts of things? So, you know, the couple of email responses that you get in a month probably not too hard to respond to time wise, right? Um, but do you, how much time do you spend responding to people who have read your stuff, whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever? So, when they respond by email, I, I, my policy is I try to respond to everyone. The exceptions are if it's somebody who responds frequently. Uh, and they just respond to something like like LOL or something. Maybe I don't respond to that. 
um, which does happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually the responses I get are asking a question or a clarification or making some point that deserves a response. So I try to respond to every one of those. Mm-hmm. On LinkedIn and Twitter, um, I, I, I try to at least click the like button uh, to respond to their thing to let them know that that I appreciated that they engaged. Yep. If they ask a question or, or something more than, than an LOL, I usually engage with them. We, you know, we have a conversation if, if it's appropriate. Got it. So uh, how much time would you say it, it takes to respond? Is this like a, a, a meaningful part of your week or is it just kind of something you do casually? I do it casually. I mean, so, so the emails, the, the emails I, I, I prioritize, I make a point to respond to those. I try to get to those within two or three days at, at most. Um, and I'll set, you know, when I when I get a response, I sort of set time aside. Okay, I need to make sure to respond to this person. Um, and sometimes they're they're really good questions that deserve a good answer. So you know, sometimes it's it's more than just a responding to a to a quick quip. Um, so I, I make an effort to respond to those. For LinkedIn, I make no. Uh, there's no implicit or explicit promise that I'm going to respond. So it's just if I have time and if I notice, then I respond. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm curious. Have you ever gotten like a negative reply of some kind, like something either skeptical or like strongly in disagreement with the point of the post or anything like that? Just angry, uh, argumentative. Yeah, on on LinkedIn. Uh, uh, probably would on Twitter if I had more followers there too. But you know, social media is a uh, kind of vicious like that sometimes so yes definitely on linkedin i've gotten some negative posts uh the, the irony though is on linkedin uh probably twitter too the more negative reaction you get the more positive reaction you get because mm. it because it drives engagement so the, some of the posts that i thought weren't necessarily that, that interesting drove huge amounts of engagement uh negative engagement but that also got me many many more subscribers so i didn't really mind <laughs> got it Cool. Okay. So, well, I know lots of people listening are probably wondering about how they'll get subscribers to grow their list. You've talked about a bunch of techniques here, but it sounds like primarily social media is the is the kind of top of your funnel. Um, mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit more about your lead magnet? What's mm-hmm. how does that work for you, or like what what is it? Describe what it is and and, and how it funnels people into your list. Sure. So it, yeah, it's called Lean CD. Um, which is at leancd.com, incidentally, um, and it's a it's a, a technique I use to uh, help uh, teams that are that are not yet doing continuous delivery. Which is the idea that every time you you merge some some code changes, it gets delivered into production into for customers to use. And I, I've I've discovered over the years that many there are many fears that come with this and technical obstacles that come to, to prevent teams from doing this. One of the biggest ones is we're still doing manual QA testing. And how do you do continuous delivery with manual QA testing? So this is an approach that I have used successfully at several companies to to sort of rev- put continuous delivery on its head a little bit so you can actually start doing, basically doing continuous delivery before you get rid of manual QA testing, before you have a complete 100% test coverage. Um, and so it, 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 the, the course, is, it's just a, it's a 10-day course that takes you through the steps you need to do to get to that point in your own team is it just text or do you have videos in there or it's just text it's just an email uh course um each each day is is a little bit longer than my normal daily emails most of them some of them are short but generally it's a a blog post length uh text each day uh explaining what the step is and here's how you do it uh in theory you could do the 
the entire course in 10 days, although in practice, some of the steps are going to take more than one day to accomplish if you if you actually want to implement them. Um, but realistically, I think any team can do the, the entire thing in about a month or less um, if they want to. Hmm. And then what happens? Do they get automatically added to your daily list or is it? Yes. The, the, the last email in the in the chain um, let, tells them uh, this is the, the last step from here on. It, it, once you've implemented this, the next steps are to continue improving your process. And my daily email is all about that. If you don't want that, here's the unsubscribe link. Speaking of unsubscribe link, do you, do you notice, are you alerted when people unsubscribe? And if so, does it bother you or do you just kind of not notice it and not care? Yeah, I, I don't notice unless I go looking at my statistics. Um, and I mean, there, there's always a little bit, especially early on, there's a little bit of a negative feeling when, when people are leaving. But I try to remain positive and remember that everybody who unsubscribes wouldn't have bought from me anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's actually nice that I don't have to pay to send them emails if they're not going to buy from me. And, mm-hmm. and it's a you know self-pruning list, I think. So uh, no, it doesn't really bother me. Okay. And do you, do you ever manually prune the list or do you feel like daily kind of prunes itself? Yeah, I, ha- I never have. Um, I, actually, I, I sort of did just about a week ago when I hit the 500 account limit in, or 500 addresses limit in, in Drip and bumped me up to the next level. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I thought, yeah, why don't I see if there's any that have not done anything for a while? And I, I think deleted 10 or 15 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got bored and, and decided it's not worth my time anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to save $10 a month or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I need, I need a, a lot of months to be worth the hours it would take to, to really investigate that very closely. Right. Cool. Okay. So as we wrap up here, uh, I've got a, a couple of, of recommendation questions for you. So first one is what sort of businesses do you think would benefit the most from doing a daily list? I don't know if I have the visibility to answer that in a really global sense, but I can imagine that the any, any business where a relationship is important would be really useful here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I say that because I feel like I've built a relationship with some of my subscribers. I mean, not that we we would necessarily meet for a, a drink if we were in the same town, but you know, I care about what their about their success, and they care about my my opinion. So you know, we we have built at least a semi informal professional relationship, and I, and I like that. So if if you're trying to sell something where a relationship is an asset, I think this would be a great way to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think anything where where you are where you are part of your business, I think it makes sense. If if I was selling widgets maybe maybe it would make less sense um or maybe it would in a different sense i don't know Uh, that's not my business so i can't really say but i do think if if personal service a relationship is is at all valuable i think this is a great way to do it Mm, okay so let's say you've convinced me what advice or or someone who's considering this so you've convinced the dear listener uh, what advice would you give them when they're standing at the precipice and you know perhaps nervous about making the leap I've, I've been asked this by several people on my list um, uh, and, and off my list. My advice is do it. Don't wait. Get started. Um, I strongly encourage people to, I mean, a lot of people tell me or they say, oh, I'm going to start with weekly and if I like it, then I'll go up to daily. That's the wrong approach, I think. Start with daily and if you don't like it, go back to weekly. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just so much easier to get in the routine if you do it daily. And, and if you can't convince yourself to do seven days a week like I do, then five days a week is fine, I guess. Um, but yeah, my biggest advice is just start doing it. I mean, the, the worst that can happen is you hate it and you stop doing it. That's better than never trying. Right. 
Awesome. Well, this has been great. So where can people go to find out more about you and maybe even sign up for your Lean CD course? Yeah. Uh, my website is jhall.io uh, or add slash daily to the end, jhall.io slash daily, and you'll sign up for my list. Great. Well, thanks again for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's been fun.